Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast. I'm Hayden, this is Mitch, and this is episode 38 on September 3rd. Dude, it is September already. How wild is that? Yeah, and uh, it's ironic. Like, as soon as uh, September hit, the weather, like, went into, like, a cool, cool yeah. streak. Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is like, hardcore fall right now. It's beautiful out. I love it. Yeah, it is. I mean, I mean we'll still get some warm days in there, but it's just – thought it was ironic how a light switch went off when September hit this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, the summer flew by. It feels like it came and gone, yeah, but I know, I know. Um, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty, pretty crazy. Before we, before we hopped on, I was actually looking at, um, I was looking at some, some stats for the, for the podcast and, um, we actually have, where is it? We have um, 900 podcast streams. That's pretty sweet. And this is episode 38. So, I mean, people are listening. We're getting close to a thousand, a thousand total streams on the podcast. So, you know, if you're someone who's listening and checking it out regularly, that's awesome. Thanks for doing that. Um, Continue to continue to do that, share it, you know, um, push it to your friends, all that stuff. But um, yeah, and also check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram at Hill Pursuit. We have a daily blog at hillpursuit.com. Um, the blog's just about, you know, training life, anything in between. And you can also find all of our other episodes of the, the, the show on our website. And you can also send us an email, hillpursuit at gmail.com, um, asking any questions, sharing what you're doing for training any and everything in between whatever you want do all the things and thanks for thanks for being with us as part of the community for for these last 38 episodes that's pretty sweet but um anyways well let's just kind of dive into i guess what we're doing first you can probably hear that i'm a little under the weather so yeah i've been battling a little uh a little sickness uh recently not covid i just found out today but I've had the flu for a few days. Um, I'm definitely on the back back side of it, so I'm getting better. Um, but yeah, in terms of my training, this was oh man, this is just a big mental <laughs> mental uh, challenge for me. But this was my last big build week um, for the Ironman, and I basically wasn't able to do any of it. <laughs> you know because I got symptoms of, I got flu-like symptoms on Monday-ish around that time. And, you know, that's day one of the week. So I completed all my Monday workouts, but um, Tuesday through today, you know, basically nothing. And I did exercise light yesterday and it felt okay. And I'm going to try to do the same today again, but man, it was just a downer to realize, look, I made it this far. Um, I'm going to miss my last big week. I had a huge ride planned for tomorrow, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to ride tomorrow, but of course it's not going to be smart for me to do exactly what I was planning to do. So, um, you know, I, that bothered me for a hot second, but now, um, you know, 
in the same sense, you got to look at it almost like, well, look, I've just put 40 weeks into this program. It's not going to be the end of the world if I miss a few days. <laughs> and like, I'm smart enough to know that, but, um, you know, really wanting to hit some of those milestones and like big, huge rides and my last big long run, which I think I'm still going to hit honestly. But, um, it's just something that you look forward to. And, you, you know, I've had such great progress up till this Monday and, um, and, you know, it is what it is. Just, it just drops the volume a little bit and starts to taper a little bit early. It's not the end of the world. So, um, I'm still, uh, I'm still really excited and, um, I'm glad that, you know, if you think about it like this, I'm glad the sickness happened now and not, uh, two weeks from now, because if you have any type of flu like symptom, you can't even show up, you know, and, um, thankfully, you know, technically they label it as COVID symptom. So, technically knowing that I don't have COVID I'm, I'm clear as long as my flu like symptoms are gone and I still have over two weeks. So I'm definitely going to be good. Um, but I don't know, a little bit of a mental block, but I'm, I'm pretty much past it. Um, going to go for a little jog today and hit a, a couple hours of a ride tomorrow and a big run Sunday and the taper, taper process begins. So, um, that's where I'm at. What about you? Where are you at? Uh, yeah, well, first, I mean, I think you put so much in the bank at this point, you invested so much time. Uh, I know it's probably, it's more of a mental block, I think, than a physical yeah. Um, yeah. barrier. I think you put that much time in. I think it's just going to be, like you said, a, a week, a taper that came away a week quicker, you know, and I don't think it's going to be a factor. Right. Um, but no, I'm, I'm feeling good too. You know, my training's progressing along body's good. Um, nothing to re really report on new, uh, just kind of staying as consistent as I can. Um, so no, all's good on this side of things. Nice. Good. What about, uh, BJJ still rolling around or? No, like I said, so I have that, I have a pretty bad, uh, I have a pretty big thing at the end of September. So I, um, that's on the back burner right now. Gotcha. Uh, trying to control what I can, not get, not get hurt outside yeah. of uh, something I can control at this point. But um, yeah, and then for our elk hunt, you know that that got postponed just because we didn't draw tags. So we ended up uh, taking a swing at a place that we're actually going to go hunt some hogs and uh, whitetail down in South Carolina um, in two weeks. Nice. So, nice. That should be cool. But um. Yeah, looking forward to that. So a little bit different of a hunt, but uh, still be a good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, cool. Um, you know, let's let's just kind of dive in a little bit. I wanted to talk a little bit about this actually was kind of even by accident, but you brought up a cool topic between um, our last episode and today. So, you know, related to like fasting, I guess. And um, for me... I'm sitting here thinking about it and it relates directly to kind of like what I've, <laughs> what I've accidentally been doing for, you know, a couple of days now is just not having an appetite and not really eating a whole lot, you know? <laughs> so it's not like I've intentionally been fasting, but, um, 
obviously people do, and it's a cool topic that, that we can talk about, but um, yeah. So at least as it relates to sickness, it's kind of challenging because when you have the flu, you know, you need to be taking in a lot of fluids and trying to flush it out and um, your body's burning extra calories because your, you know, your, your core temperature is, is not um, at its, at its set point. So, um, you know, you might have a fever and then your body gets, you get the chills cause you're trying to shake the fever. So your body's burning some, some extra calories, but you don't really want to take it in, you know, because you're not feeling great. So, um, I was actually trying to be really mindful of that as I was going through it. And then, again, not really today, like today's Friday, I'm feeling, feeling relatively good, but you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, I wasn't eating a whole lot and it, it was just kind of how my day was going. Cause I wasn't feeling great and I wasn't thinking about eating and I was drinking a lot, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it's a cool topic and, you know, with, with, um, sickness, I, I actually realized I was losing a couple pounds over those, those, uh, couple days because I wasn't eating enough or as, as often or as much. And, you know, I think it, it just kind of is a nice little segue to kind of talk about fasting because I wasn't even trying, you know, I wasn't even trying it. And mm -hmm. some, some people try to do it every day. Like they do intermittent fasting, which is fine. And, you know, we'll chat about it, but man, what a, what a huge weight fluctuation that could be every single day that's got to, that's got to have a toll on your body. And I'm saying it from the perspective of someone who does not do that. I don't intermittent fast. I've played with it before just because it was, I'd say it probably is still pretty popular, but, um, it's not for me for sure. And, um, it, you know, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work well for me. Some, you know, like I just said, if it's like a convenience thing or it's a lifestyle thing, I might forget a meal here or there because I'm super busy and I look at the clock and it's all of a sudden it's 3 PM and I'm like, Oh man, where did my lunch go? You know, but that's not, it's not a purposeful thing that I'm doing. Um, you know, but some people do, some people, um, do it, you know, before I dive in any, any more, um, what are your thoughts on all that as it relates to sickness and, you know, doing it by accident almost, you know? Yeah, well, when I think for I'm I'm probably on the same uh, same spectrum as you, you know, I, fasting for me probably comes more out of life happening, you know, right. where where you get busy or you're doing something for an extended period of time, and you know, the food's the last thing you're thinking about, and you know, it's frankly it's just not important at the time, and uh, and in terms of being sick, yeah, absolutely, whether you're vomiting or um, you know, just sore throat and you can't eat or the appetite's not there. Yeah, absolutely. You're kind of in a fasted state. And um, yeah, like I said, it, it just happens by by accident sometimes. And um, and I'm sure when you talk about intermittent, intermittent fasting, there's so many different types of fasting too. I feel like, you know, you have, you know, where people won't eat all day and then they'll, they'll eat at night. Or, you know, they'll go on like a 48 hour fast. And I'm sure there's so many different right or 
the people that came up with the types of fasting, I'm sure there's probably exact protocols to follow where, um, where it might be a little bit more legit than if you just decide, hey, I'm not going to eat for 48 hours. You know, Man, 48 hours. I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, coming from sport, there were, you know, back in the, like when you wrestling, you know, it's kind of. Okay, for rest, yeah, for wrestling, I can definitely think back and recall fasting for longer than 48 hours. I'm, yeah, not, saying, I'm not saying I can't imagine it like that. I just knowing what I know now and like how my body is now, I, I would never fast for 48 hours. Right. Right. And then that, well, I kind of, I don't know we kind of jump in here, but that kind of takes me into like, uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that kind of takes me into, a, I think a big point is like, why are you fasting? I guess it could be a blend of two things. Are you doing it? I think when you hear about fasting, I think people put it in two spectrums. Are you doing it for a physical standpoint? Um, or are you doing it for, a mental fortitude test or is it a merge between the two yeah um, so <clears throat> physical standpoint i'm just kind of taking some notes here mm -hmm. or what'd you say like a mental aspect a mental fortitude test kind of kind of just uh testing some grit so okay let's talk about that how does that apply like where where does the um mental fortitude come into play for fasting and like what's what's the what's its application so when you say that like I can think of an example or two as it would apply to my own life I'm sure mm -hmm. you have some for your life but the benefit of the mental fortitude aspect how like what do you specifically mean when you say that yeah absolutely you know just I'm not sure just go for a job standpoint say you're on say you're on something for work where, you know, you're required to stay late and, you know, you ate all your food for the day and, you know, this is going to take you enough. Say you're held over for another eight, eight, 10 hours. And, you know, there's not going to be food there. And, you know, it's not, you can eat, you know, the situation just literally deems like you're not, it's not possible to eat at that time. No. Um, and if you've been there before, you know, it's just, you know, it's 10 hours that you can't eat. Look, I forget what a human can go without eating food. And like, if you put it in perspective or that, or just, uh, physical fitness standpoint, you have, I mean, you have a big event coming up and granted, you're probably going to be consuming calories throughout it, but not, not probably near to keep up with what your body's burning at the, um, the rate that you're going to be, um, producing energy or putting out energy compared to taking in. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm taking a quick note to come back because, I just want to talk about that nutrition aspect of Ironman real quick. Um, mm -hmm. Just since you just brought it up. So yeah, you're exactly right. I'm not taking in as many calories as I'm burning. Um, and real quick, because I was playing around with my nutrition on the bike for weeks, you know, every weekend ride that I had, I was, I was playing around with it to find something that worked. And I was taking in a lot of uh, complex carbs that I'm really not able to digest easily. And I was doing it because I was like, okay, there's a high carb value here. It's easy for me to eat. Literally, it's easy for me to put it in my mouth and eat it. 
that you know, that was my mentality. I'm like, look, I need calories, I need carbs, I need sodium, I need electrolytes. I was like, this is easy to do, so I'm going to do it. And man, I had a couple workouts where I got off the bike after a long ride, and I had a run, and I just I felt like Santa Claus. You know, I'm like bloated. My stomach is like rock hard. And it's just like, I need to figure something out because this is not working. You know, I can't imagine running another, I would run for like three to five miles. I got another 20 some miles to run. No way it's not happening. You know, so um, I went back to the drawing board and that would, so that, that plan was taking in the exact number of calories that I'm burning. I was like pretty darn close. So, but it wasn't, it, they weren't all good calories for me to be consuming. They were just, they were just calories. Cause I thought I, that's what I needed to do. Right. So you don't know what you're doing. You're going to start with something like that. And then you learn from it and you adjust and you adapt. And that's what I did. And now I'm taking in less calories than I'm consuming, but I'm feeling a lot better when I get off the bike after a long bike, I'm feeling a lot less bloated and weighed down from the food that I ate, I'm feeling more efficient during my run. And I've had a couple of those sessions where I just go out and I feel incredible on the run, even after like a five hour ride, you know? So, um, I've really dialed that in and I just wanted to share that quick because you mentioned you're not taking in as many calories as your body is expending for something like an Ironman. And that's definitely the case for me now, but it's a, it's a better position for me long-term going into a 26.2 mile run. So anyways, that was just a little sidebar. Um, in terms of mental fortitude, when I think about mental fortitude, you know, when you think about it in terms of training, you want to do hard stuff so that when life gets hard, you're prepared for it. Right. Mm -hmm. No surprise. You know, that, that's, that's like the first thing you learn in training. Look, I just went through a really hard workout session. This makes the rest of my day seem really easy and manageable, right? Duh. The same can be true for um, fasting somewhat, although I think it needs to be a little bit more intelligently designed than just, well, I'm just not going to eat so I can hit a, hit a wall and then push through it. You know what I mean? It's not quite the same, but it's the same conceptually, which I'm all for. I get that. So for me with mental fortitude, when I apply it to, um, you know, specifically the Ironman, because that's been my life for the last year or close to, um, there's no way to get fuel of any kind when you're in open water. So I initially, I was bringing a water bottle, maybe some electrolytes to the pool when I was doing my pool sessions. And from time to time during my really long sessions in the water, I won't bring anything because I'm going to know there's your mental fortitude. I'm going to know when I'm in the water for 90 minutes, hope, hopefully 90 minutes when I'm in the water for that long look, I've been here before. I've had 90 minute pool sessions, two hour pool sessions when I have had no fuel, no, no nutrition whatsoever. 
I can do this. Even if I'm starting to get parched or I'm starting to feel hungry, look, I'll get something when I'm, when I'm 90 minutes in, but during this 90 minutes, I got to keep moving because I don't have any way to fuel anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm not intentionally fasting for hours, but I am getting the mental strength to, to, to kind of give myself a little bit of a boost and reassurance that, look, I can do this without needing my electrolytes or my water bottle or whatever it is. And that, that in itself, that's just such a tiny example, but that in itself goes a long way, you know? And if you're in the, if you're in the pool ever, anyone who's working out in the pool always has a water bottle or something. But I mean, if you're taking it to the next level and you're preparing to swim two and a half miles with no nutrition, you kind of have to know what that feels like. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I feel weird sometimes walking into the pool with nothing but my goggles, but I mean, look, that's all, that's all you got. You know, you don't have a yeah. water bottle. You don't have a, a cliff bar or whatever anyone else wants to eat. Um, you don't have anything. So I think it's important to be prepared for that. And that's a small way that I do that myself. Yeah. And I think you made a good point too. And you said, you don't, you don't always go into the pool with a, with a water bottle and training is training. Training is to prepare you for that session. So, um, yes, I think that's good that you do that from time to time, but if you did that every session and your sessions were absolute garbage because you weren't willing to take the water bottle in, what are you getting out of your training? Absolute right. nothing. Cause if you're testing yourself every day, just on that standpoint, you're not going to be gaining any physical um, fitness out of it. So your swimming is going to not improve whatsoever. Um, so yeah, improve on the swimming. Once you get good at the swimming, like you said, that's when you, I think you start dabbling into some more experience. And that's what it comes down to is the experience. Now you, you have the, f- the fitness under your belt. Now let's start pushing the envelope a little bit more. Let's see what this feels like. You know, yeah. and you're, you're, you're constantly putting the Legos together. Um, to build up to like what you need to be at a game day. Um, and that's, I think in normal fasting too. And like, I, I, I don't fast. Like I said, I, I think I'm on the same spectrum as you. I don't fast intentionally. I'm not the guy that's good. Hey, I'm going on a 48 hour fast today. I don't do it. Um, I maybe I'm sure there's people out there that say, Hey, it's a great test. Go ahead and do it. I'm not saying I would never be against it. It's just, um, you know, I lived that life for a little bit and I think I can push myself in other standpoints where I know if I can, if I can eat, I'll be okay. I've been there, done that. Um, but, uh, like you, like you said, there's days where I'll go on a run and I won't take, I won't take water or from training, you know, just a little bit here and there. I don't do it consistently. Um, but just, just small tests throughout the course of a, a training cycle to see, to see what it feels like. Yeah. Um, I'll pretty much go as far in terms of a fast. Like if I am running late in the morning because I had to, I had to like do something extra for my girls or, or get something ready for my wife or whatever, you know, random something Then I might forget to grab um, my lunch for the day. Like I said, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's rare that that happens, but I'm not going to say it doesn't happen but I, I won't, I won't not pack a lunch on purpose. It might just be like, Oh crap. I forgot my lunch today. I'm not going to be able to eat until three or four when, you know, when I'm around food again, 
and it is what it is. Like it's not on, it's never on purpose for me, but yeah, I like to, I like to keep the fuel, keep the fuel coming in, mm-hmm. keep, uh, keep, keep that, um, keep the metabolism, uh, fueled, but, <clears throat> um, at least a popular one, I don't, you know, we can dive into this or maybe save it for another day, whatever, but a popular fast is 16, eight. So it's, um, the concept it's really popular. It's just conceptually, you only eat food during an eight hour window and you just, you pick your eight hour window. Mm -hmm. You only eat your whatever, however many meals that comes out to be, whatever it is for different people but you fast for the other 16 hours. So it might be something like, you know, 6 PM is your last meal. And then that would take you to what? 6, 10 AM is the next time you can eat. So you might eat at like 10, two and six or something like that. You might still get your three meals. You know what I mean? 10, two and six, but then you're a 16 hour fast, which most people implement because they don't like eating breakfast anyway. So it's really easy for people to do that. And then it also helps them because a lot of people, when they overeat, it's at night and it's just a bunch of snacks. So Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're doing something like the 16, eight, that kind of forces you to be done at dinner time, you know, whether it's six or seven or whatever, whenever your window is. Um, And then, again, most people skip breakfast anyways. So honestly, most people do skip breakfast, which I think is really dumb, but most people do it anyway. So it's like, it's almost like an easy way to, to fast as long as you can keep yourself from eating all the snacks at the end of the night, which, you know, people snack, it is what it is, but, um, that one's really popular. You know, I, I don't really know much else aside from 16.8 just because it's so mainstream i was going to ask you something on that yeah um, you're, probably, you're probably more well i've heard of the concept like now that you explain it now is that, that something uh is that like a 365 seven days a week type thing or is that like hey, a lifestyle like, yeah is it okay because I, I know there's some fast like i'm just going to do this like once every once every so often you know? um, yeah and he's the one that's not feasible Right. Yeah. Like the once every so often stuff, I think, I think of more like, um, like cleanses, like you'll drink this drink that has this exact, you know, ratio of vegetable, fruit, whatever else. Mm -hmm. And that's, some people might do cleanses as part of fasts, which is, which is crazy because it's like, you're already restricting calories. And now, you know, now you're, um, you're also, only doing it during certain hours. So I don't, I don't know the intricacies of all those different cleanses and the ideas behind them, I guess, conceptually behind fasting is it's apparently good for weight loss. Um, it's good for, um, I don't know the mechanism behind it, but it's good for brain health somehow. Um, and again, we can, we can find this stuff out really, really fast, really, really easily, really quickly, but we just didn't really, um, come super prepared to talk about those intricacies, I guess. But, um, I think it, it can be misused and pretty easily too, because 
I think a lot of people fast because they want to restrict calories. And then if you're training on top of it, it can get a little dicey, mm-hmm. you know, because you're probably restricting calories. You're, you know, let's say you have a normal training schedule of 60 to 90 minutes a day. And let's say it's at 6 a.m., but you're not eating until 10 or 11 a.m., you know, and then you're also not fueling prior to your session. So what kind of quality are you really getting out of your session? And then um, let's take it a step further. I know just anecdotally, and I'm sure you have some stories too. I know some people who they'll fast, but they'll just, they'll take it farther than the 16, eight, and they'll just eat only one meal per day. That's it. The whole day, one meal. And it's like, even if you don't exercise, you're probably burning 2000 calories. And I doubt you're eating 2000 calories in that meal. Now yeah. let's, now let's say you're exercising. You're probably going to increase your burn to 24, 2,500, maybe a little bit more depending on the session. Now you're at a huge deficit. Now, are you going to be at that deficit every single day and just wither away to nothing? You know, so it, it just brings some, bring some questions and concerns up in those instances. Um, and in those instances, I would not recommend it, but yes. everybody's different. And, you know, some people it works out really well for some people it's, it can be a detriment to training. You know, if you're, if you're doing it for health, I think it's probably okay. If you're doing it as part of um, training and performance, I'd say you probably need to work with someone to find out what's best for you. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist by any means. Yeah, but, me but, but like when I hear, when I hear fasting, like the first thing that comes to my head and, you know, I'm sure there's people, there's definitely people out there that this is not the case for that. They know what they're talking about. hundred percent is a gimmick. You know, I don't, I, when someone says like, I'm fasting, I feel like, Oh, that's like the new buzz I'm fasting. And it's like, you even know what you're doing. Um, like, did you look into this and are, are you doing it the right way? Cause there's, I, I think there's definitely, I never, like I said, I never really read a bunch about fasting. This is just what I hear off the whim. Um, there's definitely the right way to do it. And I feel it's like the incorrect way to do it. And, um, I'm on the same wavelength as you Is it a physical, are you doing it for a health standpoint or a performance standpoint? And I think that's a huge one. You know, I don't, if you're, if you have an athlete that they're training hard, and obviously if, if some is fasting is fasting is something they're interested in definitely i don't think you and i are the people that hey come talk to us about it that's probably we're not the guys we're gonna we're gonna send you to someone else that knows what they're doing but my first thing is you know just this is like a personal experience that just make sure you're i'm getting enough normal good food at that point and just same thing with training you know or what you said with the pool thing get the basics down first before you get into the fancy stuff yeah. I mean, I, you said something like, are you really doing it the right way? And what I immediately thought of was someone who's fasting on the 16, eight, you know, the 16 and eight hour, um, you know, mainstream way to fast, I guess. But then during those eight hours, they just like eat all the McDonald's or, you know, eat all or drink all the Coke or whatever. And it's it's like, Oh man, like, and you're probably right. So many people like see these fads or gimmicks, like you said, 
but don't really have a clue how to do it. Mm -hmm. And what people also don't recognize, you know, taking it a step further from the McDonald's, which is of course an extreme. I'm not saying that people who fast or the 16, eight, they only eat McDonald's. I'm just saying an example of someone who wouldn't know what they're doing, but when you're um, taking in caffeine, you're not in a truly fasted state because that's messing with your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So if you're fasting on 16, eight and you can't eat, you know, your, your window is of eight hours starts at 10 or 11. Well, that means that's the same for caffeine. Are you going to be, <laughs> yeah, I see your face. Uh, would, you know, would most people who drink coffee not have coffee until 11 AM? I highly doubt it. So that, that just speaks to the point of um, knowing what you're doing. If, you know, if your window of time is that eight hours, well, that includes caffeine because caffeine is going to mess with your metabolism mm -hmm. and you're not in a truly fasted state if you're taking in caffeine. So that's, a, that, <clears throat> that's another big part of it. And not to mention on the other side, you know, coffee in the morning and red wine at night, whatever it is that those are calories and that's going to mess with your recovery and your protein metabolism, you know, so, um, fasting includes liquid also, and that, that includes caffeine, alcohol. And I, I think a lot of people, uh, I think you're kind of spot on, you know, with the question, are you really doing it the right way? Or do you know what you're doing? If you don't, that's fine. Like it, we're not saying it's an issue if you don't know what you're doing, but you know, find someone to get some advice from and, and talk about these things in a little bit more detail and more, uh, more context. And I think, uh, you, you could find something that works for you. Um, so long as you're willing to, to live that lifestyle the entire way, you know? Yeah. And the, I think where I get that from is I have, I've had personal experience of knowing people that have legit done it the correct way and yep. they know exactly what they're doing and it works out fine for them. And they come off of the fast in a perfectly sound way, smooth transition. Um, and then I think I felt like I've, I've seen people on the other spectrum where, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing it the correct way. And, you know, and I, when I say life happens, um, obviously that's probably not going to be like a correct fast. You know, you're probably going to, you know, you're probably say you get stuck at work where you're in a situation where you, you physically just can't eat. Um, the circumstances just you, you can't it wouldn't be appropriate or you know the means just aren't there um, for a long time you know maybe your your first meal back isn't going to be perfect maybe the only thing that has access access to is pizza well whatever you know it's probably you're probably going to eat it and like those times I feel that's just life and there's nothing wrong with that we're saying I think when you actually plan to do an actual fast or you're trying to make that part of your daily your daily, you know, whether it's a monthly, yearly, or whatever have you. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to really know what you're doing before you just dive in, you know. So that'd be the biggest advice that I think we can even give. Like, I don't, I don't feel qualified to give a, a whole lot of advice related to fasting. Of course, we can, we can guide in the right direction, but like you said, neither of us are dietitians. No, so, my biggest advice would be someone go to someone that knows yeah, what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. and just, you know, everybody is different. You know, what works for you is not going to work for everybody else. And some examples that even we're giving 
are, are, you know, they might apply to us or our friends, but they definitely don't apply to everybody. So don't, don't hear what we're saying and assume it works or doesn't work for everyone because everybody is different. And based on your lifestyle, um, it might work for you and it might not. So if you need to play around with that, take your time, play around with it and, and learn, definitely learn about it before you just dive in without understanding um, the concept for sure. What else about fasting? Anything before we kind of? No, I think uh, it was like a good, well-rounded thing. Uh, it just came up and just came up for yeah. me in the last two weeks. And I think we were just kind of chatting out about it outside of here, and here we just take our thoughts to the to the podcast. So yeah, kinda... it was it was really funny when you texted me about that because it just came up for me, like in my personal life, with um, just a, a close friend that we were talking about it and that friend is pretty extreme with how they fast. And then literally later, like a day or two later, you texted me about it. And I was like, wow, yeah, we should definitely talk about this because it just popped up for me too. But um, yeah, I definitely don't fast. <laughs> I keep the cows coming in quite regularly. And, <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's how it works for me. I know that's how it works for you too. So you got to keep the fuel uh, in the engine. So that's what we're, that's what we do. But anyways, that was a cool topic. If you have any questions about that or just want our opinion even more, let us know, you know, shoot us an email, hillpursuit.gmail.com. Um, keep following along with the podcast. Again, we had 900 streams of the podcast so far, which is awesome. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing all that stuff. Um, make sure you check us out on social Facebook, Instagram at Hill Pursuit. And then uh, you can access this episode and all the others, hillpursuit.com along with the daily blog too. So check that stuff out, share it, uh, leave some comments, start some conversations. We'd love all of that. So um, thank you guys for listening. This was episode 38 and we will see you next time.